Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3 with Adrian Abraham and Lindley Fu. Time now for Why It Matters. Geopolitical tensions and the decoupling of China from the West has made Southeast Asia more crucial for investors seeking diversification. As the US and Europe grow increasingly hostile to Chinese companies and money, investors see massive potential in Southeast Asia, particularly Singapore, where innovation and products from China can be replicated. That's right. Adding to that, since 2020, China's heavy handed crackdown on tech giants has seen a growing number of Chinese executives set up family offices in Singapore. Dubbed the Switzerland of Asia, Singapore is increasingly being viewed as a haven for wealthy Chinese to park their money. Absolutely. A Chinese billionaire Bao Fan was uh, reportedly uh, preparing to move some of his fortune from China and Hong Kong uh, to Singapore in the months before he went missing. If you've been tracking the news, you would have come across that story. Mm-hmm. That's uh, perhaps one reason why, according to the Monetary Authority of Singapore's uh, Singapore Asset Management Survey, Singapore's assets under management tripled from $1.82 trillion in 2013 to $5.4 trillion in 2021. So what makes Singapore a magnet for Chinese billionaires? And what are the right boxes that this key Asian financial hub is ticking for relocating tycoons? To share insights on that matter, we have on the line Jimmy Ju, Chief Strategist of Fullerton Markets. Hey, morning. Morning, Jimmy. Jimmy, China's three-year zero COVID policy marked a turning point for many high net worth individuals who are, you know, reconsidering the wisdom of storing wealth. Uh, What are some of the driving factors that make Singapore a haven for high worth Chinese? Last year, Singapore reopened is one of the earliest nations among the Asia. So I think uh, the fast growth pace and uh, portfolio diversifications actually made uh, some rich Chinese to ship the money to Singapore. Um, also, one of the reasons is uh, what we see the Sing dollar performance last year was much better with the rest of the Asian currencies. I mean, even the Federal Reserve aggressively raised the interest rates, but Sing dollar still appreciate against the dollar last year when the Chinese yuan tumble against the US dollar last year. So, um, and also, I think uh, Singapore there's a lot of uh, Chinese speaking cultures. Um, this is also one of the very important reason why Chinese some Chinese choose to partner money in Singapore. So, all these reasons plus together, which cost um, quite a few amount of dollar, actually moved to Singapore from China last year. Now, the thriving bilateral ties between Singapore and China provide some reassurance, right? Actually, very strong reassurance to Chinese investors. They both greatly value their ties with each other. And the most recent signal came from Prime Minister Lee Sin Long's trip to Beijing. How significant is this in reassuring individuals that the city-state is a safe bet to park their money? Singapore is one of the key financial hubs, I mean, in the region, also in the world. So um, lots of Chinese probably and a lot of people probably they feel like it's um, safe to park the money in Singapore. Also, there's a lot of uh, business opportunities because lots of them are businessmen. So probably the, there's a lot of investment opportunity to park the money in Singapore, also create some investment and also the business opportunity for them. Real estate, a hot topic here in Singapore. Chinese nationals who do not qualify uh, to buy a property under Singapore in law have opted instead to rent, contributing to more than 
tripling of the yearly rental costs of some high-end properties uh, across Singapore. Rental prices increased by 33.2% from January 2022 to January 2023. That's according uh, to the Straits Times. And, and now, Jamie, to what extent has the entry of Chinese billionaires into Singapore raised concerns among the local population over you know these rising property prices? Right. Last year, I mean, this is the one of the reasons to push the price higher. But I think for this year, the population move from China or the money move from China to Singapore. For this year, I think it probably will be a bit moderate. The reason is um, China also opened a reopened economy in January, which is uh, three months ago. So the growth picture at this moment, at least the short term growth picture is a bit brightened. And the what we see the Chinese Asia performance and also the UN performance is a bit um, outstanding and a bit outperforming compared to the rest of the um, currency and the stocks market in the region. So um, this is one of the reasons probably why this year the flow to Singapore might be a bit moderate. So hopefully probably that will ease the housing price pressure in Singapore. Okay, we're in conversation with Jimmy Zhu, Chief Strategist at Fulton Markets. Jimmy, the influx of wealth into Singapore, however, hasn't quite translated into more investment activity, at least according to reports that we're seeing. Instead, the ultra-rich are spending lavishly on property, like we said, luxury cars, club memberships. Why are hedge funds, banks and private equity firms appearing not to be lending deals from the wealthy that can result in fresh funds to manage? From what I'm understanding is uh, most of the funds are probably, um, they just come to park for some time and hopefully to get some safe haven status. Some deals probably uh, in the private equity side, I think because of the Fed raise the interest rates and also the um, global activities a bit slow at this moment. Mm. So causing the industry is uh, as a whole to be slow a bit. Uh, Jamie, will that likely change now that, you know, Credit Suisse has recently been swallowed up? Surely Asia, especially Singapore with its efficient governance, strong regulatory framework, and pro-business and investment policies is an obvious choice for some of these uh, ultra-high net worth individuals and their family offices. Talk us through some of the risks that are associated with these individuals uh, looking at in terms of their investments. Uh, yeah, regulation is a very important um, part for the um, ultra-net um, worth clients. I mean, so... Um, from this group of the clients in China, I think uh, return probably is not the priority. So safety and the less risk is one of the priority. Compared to the rest of the um, cities or countries, I think Singapore now is uh, one of the safest place and also the regulation is more comprehensive and uh, money is more safe. I think uh, because of these status, um, that will continue to lure the money from other countries, including China. I think the demand is uh, still there, but it's just because this year, I think uh, the global growth is a bit slow and uh, also China China probably stands out a pretty good chance that for this year, to the economy probably we're going to outperform. So I think uh, the inflow will be a bit slow, but I think the growth is still there. Okay, the growth in family offices both uh, reflects and reinforces Singapore's competitiveness in the financial sector. And uh, there's positive spillover effects here as well. Among those who now live in Singapore, uh, Shine founder Chris Xu and Heidi Lao founders Zhang Yong and Xu Ping. Can we expect more of the same to continue in the years to come? 
maybe the pace is a bit slower than earlier. Is uh, the other reason is uh, in the past few years, actually, uh, Chinese authority cracked down lots of sectors, including the tech sectors, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a lot of uh, rich people from this group. But for this year, I mean, though there's uh, no official announcement, but it seems like the policy to um, the local tech sectors and also other sectors is more friendly. It seems like the China wants to promote um, more harmony in the private sectors mm-hmm. and uh, to encourage the um, foreign outflows to China at this moment. So I think the flows to overseas might be a bit slow um, this year. Uh, Jamie, is it just Singapore that's benefiting from this? I mean, tell us what's going on in Hong Kong when it talks about Chinese money being diverted uh, from elsewhere. This is another um, angle. I think at this moment, it's also part of the reason probably will lure some money from Singapore to Hong Kong. What we see, there's also some friendly policy from the Hong Kong. Uh, let's say you um, open the um, family office in the investment in Hong Kong property, they will give you some tax exemptions. And also Hong Kong um, is also about fully open um, earlier in early of the year. So I think that was also one of the attractive pointers um, to attract from the flow from mainland to Hong Kong. Um, the other reason is uh, I see that the capital market connections probably between mainland and Hong Kong is more close. Like uh, there's a lot of um, mainland stocks listing Hong Kongs. So when it comes to park the money, so for some rich people, I mean, they have to invest for something. But compared to some Singapore companies, probably they're more familiar with um, some listing companies um, in Hong Kong because a lot of these companies are from mainland. So I think uh, there will be also some flows from Singapore to Hong Kong. But to some Chinese people, they probably would think uh, probably park the money in Singapore can give them more diversifications, mm-hmm. also more safe haven status. So I think the demand is still there. So bringing back our focus to Singapore, will this flow of assets and people from China to Singapore last? Or could we possibly see Chinese authorities further tighten their already extensive capital controls if the capital flight continues? Uh, well, I think the, the control is already been very Already, mm-hmm. um, I don't see that uh, um, in the coming of few years, China will further tighten the flows. I think if they want to tighten, they want less outflows at this moment. I think there's a two area they can do is uh, one is uh, they can promote some yuan strengthness. Probably uh, they will gradually let the yuan at least not to fall too quickly like last year. And the second is uh, they probably will introduce lots of um, investment scheme measures in China. Mm. So um, to make the capital market, the local capital market more attractive. I think that's probably the thing the local authority will do. We've been speaking to Jimmy Joe, Chief Strategist at Fullerton Marcus. Thank you so much for your time this morning and have a great rest of the day. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.